Ty, what are your plans for this weekend? Uh, well, is this an honest question? Yeah. On Sunday, I play my first flag football game at 2 p.m. Um, really pumped about that. But other than that, nice. it's a it's a quiet weekend. Well, what about you? Yeah, sounds nice. Uh, I'm headed up to Berlin. I'm going to this rave. The last time I was there, I went to this club, and like it was insane. People were literally killing each other just right next to me. Everybody just kept on dancing. <laughs> Sounds like it sounds like but a good time. I don't know why. I just yeah, I just keep coming back. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like is it one of those where you just just see the kill and just you're having such a great time, you just keep it rolling? Yeah, you're just you just kinda of brush it off and keep going with the music. Uh if you haven't caught on, today we're gonna to be talking about John Wick. Welcome back to the Blast Podcast, a podcast where we believe that movies can be more than just movies. Ty, do you wanna kick us off as always with what you've watched this week? Absolutely. Um did, did my homework. I, after John Wick 4, um, was on a little John Wick high. The only one that I hadn't rewatched in recent memory was John Wick 2. So, awesome. Went back, bunked that, um, found it on one of my, one of my favorite sites and sat down in bed and watched it for two hours. A lot better than I remember. I always thought John Wick 2 as, Essentially, like the Evil Dead of this franchise, where they just took the first one, gave it a bigger budget, and did the exact same thing. Um, revisiting it, that's exactly what it is, but now I like it a little bit more. And I have a couple talking points that I think I'm going to intertwine into my John Wick 4 conversation, so I'll leave it at that. But a pleasant rewatch, it, it trumped another John Wick movie in my rankings, which I'm sure we'll dive into at some point, but good watch. Oh, yeah. After the Nick Cage pod last week, I went back and tried out Unbearable Weight. I know that it wasn't one of the Nick Cage movies that you recommended, but of course, me being stubborn decided, you know what, that's the one I want to watch. And Unbearable Weight was unbearably mid. I could barely get through it. Like, there were a couple, you know, good laughs, over-the-top Nick Cage moments. I like Pedro, but just nothing that moves the needle. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it's unbearable, if you will. <laughs> Sorry. And then, this one's crazy. I had never seen this movie. For as much as I consider myself a complete movie dork, movie nerd, I had never seen Fight Club. You're I shit you not, dude. And... It was the whole, it's the same reason I had never seen The Sixth Sense. It was, oh, I know the twist, so I'm just not going to watch it because I already know what happens. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, sure, I knew the twist, but still just watching it the whole time, I'm thinking, I don't I don't think I've ever seen, one, a movie age this well, but two, um, I don't think I've ever seen a movie quite like this. Uh, do you yeah. agree? The only one that um, I compare it to, and I've heard a lot of comparisons to, is Train Spotting. Mm, and of course, I haven't seen it. Right? Yeah, but it is very it's it's a it's a unique kind of feel just all around. Yeah, I. It's funny you always joke at or poke fun at me because you open up Letterboxd and it's a consistent range of two and a half to four stars on every single one of my movie ra- ratings. Fight Club yeah. was a rare exception. It was the first five I had given out in 
wow. quite some time. I want to say since either Maverick or Everything Everywhere. I don't know which one I had seen. Is it making it onto the favorites list or no? Mm. Got, got, it's time to extend to like top 20, 25 for I you, I think. Oh, absolutely. I just, I love having my 10. I just, and it's not <laughs> in my 10, but it's definitely in my 25. I, I think, I think I'm due. I Maybe I will cook up a top 25 for you. That'd be awesome. Okay. Well, that's all I had for you. Those were my three, but I'm sure you have way more than that. Yeah, yeah. So Ty and I were talking before this pod started about a new segment where I set a betting line, and Ty has to guess over or under for the number of movies that I've watched this week. So this week I'm going to set it at a nice eight and a half. What do you think? Oh, man. Well, if you've been keeping up with this pod, you know Steve, uh, he has to watch a lot of short films, and he definitely will consider those on his list. Um, so even if he only got around to four, you know, feature length movies, I still think that he's closer to that eight and a half gut feeling. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go under and it's eight. That's fair. It's, this is a tough one. I'm back and forth because if you count, oh, I you, have uh, everything whatever. that I watched for facets on here as one movie. Okay. So, can I, can I revise my answer then? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, well, you tell me now. Is every facet, are you going to stick with that, that facet is just one movie? Or are you going to? Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. You still are setting it at eight and a half. <laughs> I'm, go, I'm going under, man. I'm saying eight. All right. It's over. It, if you count facets as one, it's nine, believe it or not. <laughs> um, oh my I am God. finally done with being on the selection committee for the Chicago International Children's Film Festival in total. Here's here's the over under for you, uh, over or under three hundred and fifty movies watched for facets. Over slam the nuke the over mortal lock over. Yeah, I finished with three hundred ninety five movies and it timed in at around one hundred and fifteen hours. How is your brain not mashed potatoes at this point? It is. It completely is, and I think my watch history kind of reflects that. So, starting off, I had five seconds flat. Which is honestly just, uh, it's, it's, a basically just a long music video that accompanies an entire album from Lizzie McAlpine because I am a emo teenage girl. So, uh, we'll skip past that. I think it was five stars, but I did finally watch John Wick 4 this week. Um, it, it's, it was a tough watch for me and I'll dive into that later, but skipping past, oh, um, Sorcerer. Fun. Sorcerer is um, the next movie after The Exorcist from the director of that. I'm blanking on his name right now. But it bombed in the box office because it opened one month after Star Wars. It got kicked off after a week to bring Star Wars back. But it was genuinely pretty good. Um, It's about four guys who all like make mistakes in their real life and then uh, they end up in this columbian village and they have to drive boxes of dynamite across like (laughs) across the jungle to put out a fire and it is truly just a this is only happening in the 70s type of movie is it a good movie or a fun watch 
kind of both honestly um there were some moments in here where i was like damn like they have this truck driving across a bridge in a storm and i looked it up and it cost like two million dollars to shoot that one scene because the truck kept flipping over and stuff it's all practical which is cool i gave it like a seven out of ten it was a nice watch i mean i think the more interesting element is the how it got canned for star wars that's that's kind of a cool story yeah yeah um next up though phineas and ferb mission marvel um okay (laughs) this is my favorite mcu content now even though it's not in the mcu uh it fits surprisingly well in there though this is like an this is a solid seven or eight out of ten when Um, you say it fits into the mcu do you mean just in its humor in its like canon like what's going on both, yeah. I mean, I th- I think just the general tone of this Phineas and Ferb show is really meshing with the MCU that people some for some reason take so seriously. Um, after that, following the Nick Cage uh, pod, I watched The Rock, and I was very disappointed. Shocker. Um, I I gave it a two out of five. I have issues with what Michael Bay was trying to do and how he how he went about that um but i think that's saved for a michael bay pod that's fine i do want to ask though so i, I yeah. this was my number one nick cage movie did you at least enjoy nick cage in this movie or did i do a bad job he was fun i more enjoyed sean connery though i think he's i i so good so good i love yeah. those two paired together but that's like you said that's for another pod maybe and um, ed harris what's his name yeah ed harris as well but tony todd is in yeah. this movie that is that was the highlight for me i love that guy one of the most underrated actors of all time in my opinion anytime michael beans on screen i had a smile on my face too <laughs> fair enough um all right next up i had paper house which was a fairly weird one this actually came because i was like Oh, Tony Todd's in The Rock. I was like, who directed Candyman? Oh. <laughs> I looked up. This is the second most popular movie from the guy who directed Candyman. And it's actually scored by Zimmer, believe it or not. Um, wow. Yeah, that was probably the strongest part of it, though. It's about a girl who comes down with like the flu, basically, and starts uh, drawing in her notebook and she realizes it that whenever she falls asleep she goes to the world of that drawing and it's a strong concept but not enough to hold my attention i fell asleep twice before the ending and i didn't feel compelled to go back for a third time so unfortunately it cracks me up when you know that you're walking into a bad movie but you you've heard that hans Zimmer's doing the track like I remember when Dark Phoenix came out, I looked up the score beforehand and saw <laughs> Hans Zimmer was doing it. Like, wow, they must have dropped a bag for him to save this one because holy moly. Dude, exactly. I, I love that yeah. stuff. He's just, yeah, sure, man. Fuck it. I'll I'll do something about uh, Dark Phoenix, I guess. All right. Did you know Zimmer was on The Rock? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Oh, boy. Well, I should have done my homework. Strongest element of that one as well, maybe. Ouch. Um, Next up, I only have two left, Resident Evil Extinction. I bit the bullet and I rented it because uh, if if anybody doesn't know, I, I have been sick for the past like week and I was feeling it. I said, you know what, I'm renting Resident Evil Extinction. 
I see why Netflix didn't pay up for it. Nothing <laughs> happens in this movie. Literally nothing happens. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty bad one. I don't know if I'm going to come back for four, but we'll see. <laughs> I think you just got to keep it rolling at this point. Yeah, I'm halfway through the six movies, I guess. I can't believe that it got another one. I think I just have an issue with Paul W.S. Anderson, though. Okay, well, I mean, either way, I'm just poking at you because I'm trying to get ready for the over-under next week. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Last one on the list is Deep Red. I watched this a few hours ago with my dad. It's Dario Argento's um, classic murder mystery slash horror thriller slasher kind of thing. And it was actually really fun. Uh, I wasn't that wowed with it for the majority of the movie, but the ending really pays off, I think. Okay. I haven't seen that one, so... It is a Sean Fennessy favorite. I don't understand why. Mm, I don't know. Don't you think Fennessy's kind of a goofball with his favorites? Fennessy's... I don't know. We we need to have a Fennessy pot of just all his worst takes. I think we need to have Fennessy <laughs> on for that pod. That'd be yeah. awesome. Um, it's it's all time. Right, that, that rounds off my week, though. So um, before we do start talking about John Wick 4, I mentioned that this was a hard watch, and I have to shout out one of my best friends, Ryan Boone. We have been planning to see this together since Chapter 3 came out. Um, we have marathoned 1, 2, 3 uh, before like every uh, John Wick installment, and... I promised to see it with him. I couldn't make it happen. I couldn't get to Urbana. And plans just kept falling through. But I think that delaying this pod turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I don't think we can talk about this without heavy spoilers, right? Yeah. At least there are a couple things we definitely need to dive into that will be spoiler-related. But, um, yeah, let's kind of just empty the clip here. All right. So do you want to... I'll let you kick this off because I'm, I'm going to real quick say, you always ask me this, do you have any fun watching movies? Because how in the world is this a four out of five stars on Letterboxd? Um, I can answer that um, very easily. One, I had an awesome time with this movie. It was a really fun watch. Um, there are a lot of great new side characters. I felt like it was a a swan song finale in terms of just emptying mm-hmm. the clip on all of what works with the John Wick franchise. It quadruples down on everything, and I think that's where it is in a five-star for me. It quadrupled down when it should have just tripled down. I think this movie could have been like 20 to 30 minutes shorter, and it would have been perfect. But that that's just me. I get why people think it's perfect. I just thought it was a bit long. That's all. I thought it was a great watch. Yeah, um, I am going to throw out there, since we brought up Fennessy, I did have this written in my notes. You, this is the first movie I've ever seen that you have given a lower rating than Sean Fennessy for. <laughs> yeah, that very, very rare occurrence. I don't know. I I make it pretty hard to get those four and a half out of in, in five stars. I, I walked out a little bit desensitized in a way. And I think that we need to talk about it at some point, but I guess I'll just, I guess I could just dive in right now. I, when I say that it like quadrupled down instead of tripled down, I just felt like some fight scenes lasted way too long. I felt like I was watching subway surfers with like my TikTok clips for two hours. And 
sometimes the kills at some point I just felt like numb to it and by the end I just wanted to get to the final battle uh I don't know I I think we need to like dive into each action scene and I can explain this a little better but okay um everything looked gorgeous I just wish things wrapped up quicker yeah um all right is that your like overall thoughts then can I dive into my Please. my opinion on Please. this one? First off, I did write down here, rest in peace to Lance Reddick, oh. because oh. I, I'm surprised. I didn't see anything in the credits about this, uh, that he had died. Did he die after the premiere or no? Um, he, he must have. It was like, I felt like he passed like a few days before I saw it. So I'm guessing, yeah, it was after the premiere. Um, yeah, it's really a shame. Um, gone too soon. Yeah. Um, but that said, the other actors in this, and including Lance Reddick, he does a great job in the portion of this film that he's in. Um, but the other actors in this, what is uh, Mr. Krabs doing in this one? Is that is? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right, that's Mr. Krabs. I know him as the <laughs> yeah. detective from Detroit, the video game. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> but oh my gosh, that's so that's funny. I I love when they bring in these like b-list or like joey pants like that guys yeah these mini roles in the john wick series um yeah just some just some cool stuff like that yeah other actors bill skarsgård is on an absolute tear check like who's gonna stop him barbarian and you didn't see uh infinity pool did you no you advised me not to yeah fair uh He was good in it, but not a great movie. But still, I think he's got to be coming up on some big roles for the next, like, 20-some years, I feel yep. like. Oh, yeah. Buy stock in him. That, that's a great take. Uh, I think, speaking of buying stock, I think you just, I think you day trade or, like, throw a couple grand on Hiroyuki Sonata for the next, like, three years. I feel like this guy's in every fucking action movie um if you don't uh which character did he, he play is with? the the daughter's um he's like the the owner of the continental from osaka he's in like oh the guy from the yeah, ring dude he's in everything he i mean he's showing yeah. up in like life and in infinity war and in, or in endgame wolverine he, yeah. he's everywhere now so I didn't I didn't put that together but I did see I recognized him from somewhere and I looked it up he is the hus or the ex-husband in the original Ringu. Yep. He's um so. more recently you probably recognize him from Bullet Train. Oh, he is yeah. in that. I I he's one of my favorites like that guys when he pop when he pops yeah. up on screen I always always puts a smile on my face. It's <laughs> awesome. Um but the movie in general uh, I think this is a perfect uh, ending to this trilogy of two, three, four, because really, when you look at it, I think John Wick one is the outlier here, and two, three, four, I feel like is the trilogy, and this ends it really, really well. Um, as far as the length goes, uh, two things. Number one, with all the violence, I ended up asking myself a few times uh, later in this movie. Why are we rooting for John Wick anymore? <laughs> and I think that that was the point of the length. We're just watching him bury all these bodies of people and kind of questioning, like, who is this guy? Why is he the protagonist? You know? I suppose. I mean, it's, I don't know. that. 
I feel like we're still rooting for him. Uh, explain to me the the your issue with the length, because the way I see it is like he's going on this journey. He's emptying the clip, and I guess we can talk yeah. about that. Um, like this is I, his revenge I, tour, but I wouldn't consider him the villain. But maybe because we've been blinded by our love for him the last few movies. Yeah. I think that you're supposed to feel, I, I guess my point is, I think you're supposed to feel a little desensitized to it and take a step back from, oh my God, he just killed somebody with a playing card to be like, wait a minute, like, do I want him to win this final duel? Like, this guy's daughter is going to die. <laughs> okay. Now, that is a, that's a great point. And I think when it comes, I don't think the issue is that, or not, not the issue, but you seeing John Wick as the villain, I don't think is what's happening or that you're not rooting for John Wick as in John Wick is the antagonist. It's more so you just yeah. love Donnie Yen's character. And I don't know if that's true. Why, why not? I, I great I, I, side character. Okay. I do. I do. I do love his character, but I'm just, that's, that's my action point. It's not that I love Donnie Yen's character. It is that watching him climb those stairs and bury all those bodies, I think finally sunk in like, this this is kind of gone out of proportion. Like he needs to die. Okay. I mean, I, I love the analysis here. When I was watching that scene, I'm thinking the whole time, these guys are just trying to make the greatest fucking action set piece ever. I mean, I don't think <laughs> I don't fair. think there's a lot to it, man. I I think they just went for like seven of the best action scenes of all time and called it a day. I, That's I mean, fair. who are we kidding? That's what these movies are all about. Yes, there is beautiful cinematography, a beautiful vision, like beautiful action choreography, the whole shebang. But at the end of the day, um, I mean, that that's what we're here for. It's the action. It's not the, the story. If we were here for the story, yeah. we, we would have gotten more of John Wick 1. Like, every, all of the best elements of the franchise that get carried on to the next installment... Yeah. It was all of the fun stuff. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, we can go down the rabbit hole, but I, for me, like my favorite parts of these movies and with four is the turn your brain off and enjoy an action scene. That's fair. I will say I have one more defense of the length since I guess this first one didn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> if you had... If you had to describe this movie in one word, what would it what would it be? Oversaturated? Wow. Oh god. That's awful. Or, That's me. Or all right, fine. Fun. Okay. That's that's fair. Like, I automatically gravitated towards epic, which not in the terms of like, oh, this is epic, but as like, this is a Homeric epic poem, essentially. And I actually did some research for this pod, which is one of the reasons why I kept our notes separate on this one, because when you put this movie in the context of chapter two and chapter three and leave out um, chapter one, it really does become a modern day Homeric epic. Six elements that go into this, according to the University of Idaho. Number one, centers around a hero of unbelievable stature. I mean, that's a given, yeah? Yeah, that's that's, a, that's pretty fair. <laughs> he is a total myth, like, come to life in this. 
Number two, it involves deeds of superhuman strength and valor, which I, again, yes, right? Okay. Yep, checks the box. A vast setting. I can't count the number of countries that he goes to throughout number two, three, and four. The world building is one of the best parts of this franchise. Checks the box. Right. Sustained elevation of style. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Cinematography. And lastly, the poet remains objective and omniscient. And this is the only one that's a little bit of a stretch, but I would argue that the camera in 2, 3, and 4 remains very much more objective than it does in episode 1. I agree. I agree. Okay. Very so, cool. So, if chapter 4 is far too long, <laughs> this is the, the Odyssey takes about 9 hours to recite. Two, three, and four take seven hours to watch. It is short considering what it's trying to do, in my opinion. What a great way to try and convince me that this movie isn't too long. Um, <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna change my mind. Maybe if I see it on a different day, I, I, I agree with you. But yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just too long for me. And or maybe I, I don't know if it was the runtime or just like. Like you said, the desensitized to the violence. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I wasn't irritated with three hours of John Wick. Maybe I was irritated with two hours and 45 minutes of of violence. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, but I, we're, we're losing track. I, I had a good time with this movie. I was just, I'm just saying it's like 20 minutes too too long that's it good movie i i think it's perfect i came in here trying my best to convince you that it is okay really Um, quick um yeah i just want to clarify why was this a hard watch because you didn't get to watch it with your boy yeah that's the only gotcha gotcha whole time i felt guilty i was like damn this sucks i wish i was here with him you know that's so that's so honorable what a what a blast moment honestly um all right then uh our next little like subsection that we kind of wanted to discuss for this pod and about the movie in general is your favorite action sequence in this movie, and then I also have one for the series as a whole. So do you want to kick us off with this? Yep. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite from John Wick 4, and that would be okay. the Osaka sequence in its entirety. Um, this is a 20-minute nonstop action scene, and this is right towards the beginning so i'm not i'm not upset with this at all it is just unlimited badassery of you know the fight starting with one of the high table henchmen catching a bow out of the fucking air <laughs> and everyone just going ape shit yeah. everyone's got the bulletproof suits now we've got we've got swords versus guns which just this epic yeah. battle that john wick isn't even involved in you're just engrossed in that you know this choreography going on then you kick it to john wick and the daughter going ape shit at the top of the building for another 10 minutes you know segue to donnie yen you know with his like doorbell like contraptions tracking the sound (laughs) and him mowing people down and him like not even really wanting to be there just a lot of like like little quirks and little moments and then i mentioned before like Hiroyuki Sonata, like a, one of my favorite that guys, 
he he just happens to be the owner of the Continental. What what a great casting decision. So I'm just giddy the whole time. A lot of moving pieces. Um, just I think this is a swan song of everything that's worked in all of the previous action scenes in the previous three. Like it gave it gave yeah. me like all of my favorite fight scenes in one within 20 minutes um, with like in the first like hour of this movie just just really cool moment that's fair uh also speaking of donnie yen's uh doorbells i did i'm not gonna lie i had to look up to make sure if donnie yen is blind in real life after this in rogue one (laughs) yeah dude i I think he has to do it one more time now just to be funny like a completely different character (laughs) like let's do star trek next or something yeah just a completely unrelated blind trilogy for Donnie Yen. <laughs> you know what's even funnier is you have to go back and like, is this the same character as the Rogue One um, blind Jedi character, basically? Because aside from that one Osaka scene where he's using his like noise triggers, that that man's yeah. just mowing people down with a gun and knife with his oh, yeah. chaotic noise everywhere. How How is he able to figure out where people are? He beca- He basically becomes... The Rogue One character by the end. Yeah, he's using the yeah, Force. and I mean, I have no problem with it. It was fucking awesome, but what's going on, Donnie? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, um, my favorite action sequence from this movie was the roundabout, which I thought was just genius. Um, unanswerable question, how many times did John Wick get hit by a car in this roundabout scene? <laughs> um I, dude i was gonna say like for like gun like gut feeling like 14 yeah <laughs> I, it, it's crazy even the even the mr nobody's dog gets hit by a car and just walks away and shakes it off it, everyone's immortal in this movie uh, when the dog is, got hit i audibly went yeah <gasps> No. Me too. I was like, damn, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets up and walks away. It's just awesome. Ate it. So apparently these cars are all just soft as soft as hell. Um Yeah. You know, I don't want to completely jump off track, but just him getting hit by a car fourteen times, that's no problem. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we've seen him do this before. And then later right. in the movie after the like bird's eye view of him fighting in the in the that's an awesome sequence great i can't believe it wasn't yours but honorable mention i guess but when he leaps from like the fourth story of the fucking building and and jumps on the car (laughs) and just gets up um my my theater laughed like everyone's in on the joke the guy's the guy's immortal absolutely going back into my homeric thing he is a demigod but this the roundabout to me just I, I felt like it went on for like ever i kept on expecting this to end and it just kept going and it felt fresh for me the whole time so i don't know if you were desensitized by this point but for me this really hit this might have been the scene where i started to say okay c- no. come on come on guys let's no. just let's just get to the let's just get to the tower now i want him to fight down i guess that's our i guess that's where we differ in our opinions on this movie. Yeah, the roundabout sequence. I definitely, wow. definitely. Um, again, it was super cool and well executed. I just was like, "Come on, man!" Like, I, like same with the stairs scene. Like, I loved the him rolling all the way down after getting to the top. Yeah, like, it's awesome. Great moment. And then, holy shit, we have to watch all of that over again. I just, I just want him to fight Donnie. 
Um, that that's again just. I just had enough. Maybe it was the wrong day or something. They were great action scenes, but yeah. Um, I think that on rewatch, this is going to age really well for you. I completely, I completely agree. I'm just being fully transparent. That's all. Yeah. I, this is the, such um, a great watch. All right. Questions for the overall series now. First off, favorite action sequence in the series. Um, for me, this was really easy. Oh, you go first then. I want to hear yours. For me, it was uh, the horse and motorcycles scene so from John Wick 3. Good. So good, dude. That is by far, I think, the most badass moment in this franchise. So when I cooked up my notes for the pod on Monday, my initial answer was also from John Wick 3, where he has to build the revolver um, in the <laughs> little like antique shop before yeah. he kills him. And yeah. then just the axe throwing the like breaking the glasses and throwing knives at each other. Yeah. That was an awesome action scene for me. And then I rewatched John Wick two and the entire New York subway sequence has dethroned that. I with like real quick to clarify, this is the sequence with like the, with common. It's part of it. Yep. It's part of it. So it's like the 15 minutes where, He's walking into the subway. He's got to fight like the sumo wrestler guy outside. Okay. He gets shot in the, the stomach. Pencil. The pencil kill. The silencers from like the second floor. Um, yeah. Leading into the subway knife fight with Common. It's just perfect. It's nonstop. There's some good laughs in there. The pencil homage. I think it's the perfect John Wick action scene. Awesome. That's a that's a great take. That was second on my list, actually. Awesome. I John Wick two. It was a like I said, a great surprising rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, now who is your favorite non John Wick assassin in this franchise? I think an easy honorable mention for me, and probably the correct answer, even with recency bias. I think Donnie Yen's character is an honorable mention for me. I think a lot of people would say he's their favorite. How however yeah. my favorite is common. And this was before That's this awesome. was before I rewatched too. I he is the only reason I like watch John Wick 2 clips. He's always in my favorite <laughs> scenes. Um in fact like he was the only reason I wanted to revisit in the first place because of all my favorite scenes. I'm like, okay, well, this is the one with Common. I'm just going to put it on and have a good time. He's literally yeah. Keanu Reeves, dude. The same, like, yeah. <laughs> like, the same delivery, the same inability to act. Like, are we sure this guy can act? Um, is he just right. a cool guy that can fight and you just like right. him? They, they play the exact same character and the character is played by the same actor. It's just really cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I think this is like my favorite rivalry that John Wick has, and he's in all my favorite scenes. So I'm going to give it to Cassian, played by Common. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I have a question for you. Are you going to accept a tie from me, or do you want me to pick one? You have to pick one, but I... Give me both, but I want a 1A, 1B. All right. I think 1A, then, is Mr. Nobody from this movie. I loved him. It's a great take. This is, I think, the character 
throughout the entire franchise that I would be most likely to watch a spinoff of because I feel like there are a lot of questions with him. I like his notebook. I like the dog. Um, just generally, I feel like this is one of the most intriguing like characters that is introduced throughout the franchise. What do you think? I think his motivations are what uh, are the like his most interesting attribute that it's all about the money for yeah. him that like he'll only go after John if the price is right. He'll protect him otherwise. Right. I think that was a really cool, interesting element that they added to his character. Yeah. Anybody that owns a dog, you know, that's another check on the box. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the introduction of this character. I completely agree. Also played, he was played pretty well by uh, Shamir Anderson. What, I thought he was, he acted him very well. What else is he in? Um, is this he's like a, a few things? But this but is this his, is his, his biggest big break. Role, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's in uh, Stowaway. I don't know any of these actually. Stowaway, Bruiser, Love Jacked, Awake. No idea. Haven't seen haven't seen them, but I guess again another thing that I really like about Mr. Nobody is he's paired up like side character wise with another awesome side character played by Donnie Yen and yet still holds his own with not only him, but Keanu as John Wick. Like this is a character that people seem to really enjoy. And that Yeah. It's kind of a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, 1B is Willem Dafoe in John Wick 1. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just because I have a soft spot for the guy, I love the okay. actor. Yeah, I get it. I I always come back. That is my favorite John Wick scene to rewatch, and he's barely in it. But when he, like, snipes the guy and saves John when he's oh, getting yeah. killed. Oh. I like the I'm going out my way scene where he just, like... <laughs> stabs the knife into his thigh and shoots like four people that's crazy yeah yeah it's cool stuff and how funny is that that they got willem dafoe to do the first john wick movie how do you think yeah, that conversation honestly. went down like dude do you want to be in this yeah fuck it yeah, yeah probably i feel like okay i have no idea if this is true or not but doesn't it make sense for willem dafoe to be like best friends with keanu in real life i was I was just going to say the same thing. Like, this was totally, <laughs> like, I'll do it if you do it, man. Like, maybe this will yeah. work. That's right. Cool. Um, that okay, was, that so, was a sneaky good one. I, li- I like that take. I yeah. wouldn't have expected that. Thank you. Um, no right, lo- no love for, uh, sorry, I want to, before we move on, no yeah, love yeah. for the, uh, I couldn't even tell you his name. I want to say, is it Zero or something? Like, the John... John Wick 3 guy that's like oh, yeah. the next John Wick. I was expecting him to be on your list. But uh I mean honest, number three was the sumo guy from John Wick 2. So <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Dude, no love for common. Makes me sick. Yeah. Alright, whatever. Go ahead, move on. Alright. Uh next I want to talk about what sets John Wick movies apart from the countless other action movies out there and i think the easiest answer which probably you're gonna point out is that it is shot just incredibly well but i think that other action movies are kind of starting to pick up on this like bullet train is very different but has that same kind of vibe to it um and there are a lot of uh movies like nobody that have copied the way john wick does action so i don't think that that's really what it is let me 
I guess I, that's a great point that people are starting to adopt it. I would say yeah. that for me, the John Wick movies, why they stand out is that it takes itself serious in all of the right aspects and uh-huh. plays fun and doesn't take itself serious in all the right aspects from that element. Like, that's fair. It takes itself serious with the choreography, the cinematography, mm-hmm. and like the intricate fight details, like John Wick's reload. Um, like him yeah. covering himself with the bulletproof suit, like it really takes its time with everything and doesn't have any like, oh, you missed it. There's a double falling in the background that John Wick didn't punch. Like there's <laughs> yeah. no moments like that. It's it's very thorough. And then right. it doesn't take itself serious with all of these ridiculous aspects. Like like we mentioned, John Wick becoming increasingly more immortal. Like how many times is this guy going to get hit by a car? and and live or fall off a building and you know break his back but recover in like six months and go on a killing rampage there's (laughs) bulletproof suits you know the weapon choice like the dragon breath shotgun and four you know it it has a lot of fun but yeah the last thing that makes the stand out and why it's sustained as a franchise is because of the world building it was true and proper escalation from movie to movie to movie to movie. And yep. that is why this action se- series has stood out. That is exactly the reason that I wrote down. I think that one of the things they do really well with the world building is they keep it open enough in each movie to just kind of make up new rules to advance the plot. Like, nothing ever really makes a ton of sense, but like we kind of just have to go with it because, like, where are we? What is this world? Right? Yeah, you know, there's some rules too where it's like almost pubescent or adolescent in a way. Like the whole concept of oh, you can't you can't kill on continental grounds. This is you know home base. Right. It's like when you played tag as a kid. You know, you you'd have bases yeah. and like the audiences grasp a lot of these concepts. Like let's say in four when they're picking, you know, they're drawing cards to see like the different categories for the final uh, shootout. Right. You know, we, we play games like that all the time. Like, all right, we're going to play baseball. Everyone line up. We're going to pick teams. There's two captains. Like little things like that, yeah. you know, that the audience gra- like falls in love with. I don't know. It works. Yeah, I like it. I think that it's also helped by just like all these guys are just like classy. Like everybody in these movies are very classy. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good element too. I, I think that you mentioned him before, but I want to say Lance Reddick, and I can't, I couldn't tell you who plays Winston, but they kind of, I think, created that with the the first yeah. movie that that elegant, classy, proper um, aspect of right. the Continental that that kind of opened the gates for what was to come two, three, and four because. Yes, everyone enjoyed all the action and having Keanu back in one, but people were really interested in this whole concept of the Continental. I think there was a show that was supposed to come out about it. Yeah, there was. It, it's like, I, I think these movies just don't work nearly as well if John Wick is wearing a bulletproof vest instead of a suit. Right. right. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's for, I mean, that might be for every action you know, series yeah, that maybe. works, except for like Mission Impossible, but... Yeah. Yeah. Also, quick quick world building question though. How what percentage 
of the world in the in these movies are assassins do you think 78 percent wow okay no, I, I had it more like 30 or 40. no i i'm kidding dude it just feels like every movie the entire population is filled with assassins like in two when you know they're in new york wicks talking with winston after he killed santino yeah and everyone at the yeah. park is like stopping and staring at him it, right it just feels like that's what i love about the world that they created is that it feels so true to our own world, but there's just these minor tweaks, like you mentioned, um, like everyone like unfazed at the rave when people are getting killed, or like yeah, just the fact that everyone in Paris like shoots up and is ready to kill John Wick after like tuning in the radio. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna stick with it. I- I'm saying seventy percent. I think a lot of people are in on the gig. Fair enough. Um. Okay, next question for you. Why do we like John Wick as a protagonist? We touched on this a little bit earlier, but when you when it comes down to it, he's fundamentally like a terrible person, yeah? No, I think that he does terrible things, but what makes John Wick great is that he's not a bad person or that he's trying to right his wrongs, and anyone can root for that. Um, he was once a bad man before, before he met Helen, his wife, and he fought to get out of the game to be, you know, just play husband, have have a good life, and got drawn back into that life after she passed. Um, but he's drawn back into that life by his own selfish need for revenge, which is, is revenge and not usually portrayed as a very, like, not great thing. Ah, it's easy to understand and sympathize with. You kill my dog, I'm, I'm coming after you too. <laughs> um, but no, to your point though, I would say after one, like the guy does not really care if he lives or dies. So why does he continue down this path? Why doesn't he just right. give into the system? Um, right. So I don't know. Where do you draw the line? I, I think for me, like it works so well, like you mentioned, like, this character might sneakily be a bad guy, but we're blinded right. by the fact that he's played by such a lovable actor in Keanu Reeves. That's fair. And that's fair. I think that's what it really comes down to. Yes, John Wick, he's simple. He's all business. He doesn't talk a lot. Um, his motivations may be unclear, but he's easy to sympathize with, and I think that's all because of Keanu. Fair. What about okay. you? I want to hear this. I I sat at this question for a long time and all I could think of was Keanu as well. Um, I think that you just look at Keanu and you read all these stories about him taking the subway to work and doing this movie because the director was his stunt double in the matrix. And you're like, you know what? Yeah. Like this guy is awesome. So cool, dude. (laughs) You know, it's uh, speaking of Keanu, I I heard something. I want to say it was Bill Simmons talking about this where, like, is this his his best? Is like this his apex because he owns John Wick. Like Matrix, he shares with Fishburne. With Speed, he shares with Bullock. Um, yeah. Point Point Break doesn't work without Swayze. Jo- John Wick is owned by Keanu Reeves. Like, I mean, he's not only like, I mean, he's in Fortnite. Like John Wick's in Fortnite. Like kids like Keanu Reeves now because yeah. of John yeah. Wick. 
I only have one other movie that I think could be his apex, and you did not mention it. Is it an action movie? And that's no, it's Bill and Ted's Excellent oh Adventure. My God, I knew that was coming. I think that that could be a case for his apex. I don't know if I want to make it right now, but who who plays the his opposite in that? Couldn't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> well played. Well played. Um, okay. That said, the biggest question I think that we're left with after John Wick 4 is what is next for this franchise. So, do you have do you have anything? I do. I this? do. Um, hopefully nothing. And I I suppose this is a good time to to flag for major spoilers if if people are still listening that haven't seen it, go check it out. But yeah. um, the reason I would say hopefully nothing is because I think John Wick is dead. And if he's dead, they should wrap this thing up. I think it was a perfect conclusion to this character and to this franchise. It would be disgusting if they you know, kind of do the Disney Plus route of a Donnie Yen show or a Mr. Nobody show. You know, I just, I have no interest in that. I think this was the perfect ending. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I really hope they don't fake John's death. Oh, it'd be so bad. Um, that would be, I think, the worst case scenario for this. That said, though, I'm pretty sure John Wick 5 is like a, I'm pretty sure they have already started pre-production on it. Okay, maybe? I want to talk about this. Why yeah. I love the ending so much. I thought that after I saw, because I had saw those reports that after I think it was after three that they had greenlit like four, five, and six or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Do you think like I remember The Walking Dead, the the comics they like wrote like or had like fake comic um, cover pages for like another couple seasons, and they were all bullshit really? to, because they were hiding that the last comic was coming up. Do you think that the that would be do you crazy. Think that they did the same thing with the Wick franchise? I think that the way that they've like executed and been so thorough and like honored the franchise the entire way through, do you think that they would do something as cool as that? I think it's possible. It's it's possible. I don't know. I don't know if I buy or it. Or is though. John Wick Five just like the cover title, but it's really like the Donnie Yen spinoff? I think it could be a Donnie Yen. Um, Shimizu, Shimazu Akira also plays the daughter. Yeah. I think she could lead a spinoff with Mr. Nobody as well. Um, with that in mind then, so I think my final point with this would be fine. If Lionsgate wants to keep milking the cash cow that is the John Wick franchise, fine. Do your spinoffs, fine. Please keep John Wick dead. Like you said, yeah. it would be so distasteful, so disgusting, and just cheap it would feel cheap yeah i saw um an article i can't remember what website it was from but they had two more possibilities that i didn't want to mention to you one is that john wick 5 takes place during vigo's impossible task that's mentioned in number one i think that works it definitely (laughs) works i just i don't know if i want to see it i think the whole like keeping an ambiguous or a mystery I think works better that he's just this maybe he's this myth that's what this character was like known for that he was the Baba Yaga he he was a myth right so keeping his legendary story 
a legend, I think works better. The other one that I saw is just balls to the wall. We go to John Wick in hell. <laughs> okay, just make. Con- I actually really love that. <laughs> just make Constantine too, dude. Like, who are we kidding? Exactly. That it's that's what it is, right. dude. Like, okay, I, I could see it. Are you sold on I mean, it? Yeah. it? I'm all in. I just. Don't call it John Wick 5. I, I, just give me John Constantine again. That's written. I don't know. <laughs> that would be something. All right. Cool. Um, last question. How do you rank the movies in this franchise? What's awesome about this franchise, and of course, me rambling again, but I feel like if I talked to anybody, they'd have a different list. That's what's so great. Yeah. Um, like there are people that love one, but there's also people that love four. Like there's a good balance right. of, of everything for me though. I will never, I, I never had a John wick experience as cool as three. Like the whole time I was in the theater, I was like, wow, this is fucking rad. Like I'm all yeah. in yeah, just nonstop action. Um, Keanu just doing his thing for two and a half hours. It was the per- that that to me was a perfect action movie. I know everyone loves four, three was that perfect action movie for me. So I have it at my one, and then at okay. my two spot is four. If it's twenty minute, oh, if it's twenty minutes shorter, I'm telling you, I really like this movie. It's just too long. I would probably have it at my one spot. So it's going three, four, and then I bounced around. I told you a couple times between one and two. Originally, I had three, four, one, two, and then I rewatched two, and I realized, you know what, two kind of does everything that three and four um, does right. Uh, I'm I'm rolling two before one. So final rankings: yeah. John Wick three, Parabellum. Number two is John Wick four. Number three is John Wick two, and then my number four spot is the original John Wick one. I think that's a good ranking. It's very similar to mine, but um, mine is just straight up four, three, two, one. They just get better uh, each this, time. Yeah, I I do think that this is probably the only franchise that has ever consistently gotten better for me in every single installment that I've watched. And to be to I be clear, one. I have given all of these movies a ten out of ten, five stars, whatever. So this is really a one A, one B, one C, one D. I love it, dude. And he's not kidding. They're all five stars on his account. I promise. Um, (laughs) My only other counter to that or example of each movie getting better um, is the last three Mission Impossible movies. It's the last, it's the other last good action franchise going on right now. Fallout Fallout is the best. It's the best one out of the six. I think I think there's an argument to be made, but the thing that sets it apart is two is much two sucks. Two is the worst. Two sucks. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Yep. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. That that's why think, I, I said there... the last three, like four, five, and six, yeah. like the new the re- the Renaissance of Tom Cruise, the return of Tom Cruise. Those three. Yeah. They progressively, they they kick ass. They they get better each time. I'm trying to think if there is any others that do really get better as they go on, and I just don't. Well, trilogy. Make an argument for Toy Story until number four. <laughs> okay, I could, uh, two's my favorite. Uh, it's harder with trilogies because, like, right now I'm thinking, okay, T2 is better than T1. 
Um, Empire Strikes Back. I you know for me for me the original trilogy. How about the prequels? That's that's fair. I mean, I don't I that's don't agree, fair. but I feel like that's a chalk like pick like three two one. Yeah, I don't know, but the thing with the prequels is they are attached to the rest of Star Wars, especially since Lucas was still at the helm of those. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, again, just further cements Wick is just an awesome franchise that that stuck the landing and did it right each yeah. time. I truly, I. I confidently believe that this is the best action trilogy or the best action franchise of all time it's hard to argue against that we'll we'll see how mission impossible wraps up and maybe i'm just a tc truther but i'm with you right now they killed it with these four all right um do you have anything more that you want to add about john wick i'm all set man this was a great time i i love these movies i've been dying to talk about four and just honestly this entire franchise with you Uh, i'm glad hell yeah i'm glad we finally got around to it me too um thank you everyone for listening john wick is a really special franchise like we talked about and it's really refreshing to go to the movies expecting excellence every time and having those expectations met every single time um next week We're planning on cooking up an Ari Aster pod, so stay tuned for that, and we'll catch you next time. Wish me luck, and Bo is afraid. Take care, everyone.